Hello, friends and family. It is the weekend of October 22nd, and this is our second part in a two-part look at the gospel of Matthew chapter 1, verses 40 through 45, a familiar text. And we've been learning about how about following Jesus. And to follow Jesus, we must know who it is that we're following and what following Jesus looks like. And Mark's going to help us with that. And last week we began looking at an encounter um, Jesus had with the leper. And from this encounter, we learned some things about ourselves and we learned some things about Jesus. So here again, God's word, Mark 1, 40 through 45. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus and begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out of, out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. So there are two people that we need to take a look at. We need to take a look at the leper and we need to take a look at Jesus. So what we learned from the leper last week, we had a detailed look at the leper and from him, we learned that we come to Jesus just as we are, just like the leper. We come to Jesus full of leprosy. We can come, we can come to Jesus full of, of our sin. We come to Jesus with desperation, just like the leper who approached Jesus, knowing that Jesus was his last hope. We come to Jesus knowing he is our only hope. We come to Jesus with humility. The leper who knelt before Jesus in this act of humility, we kneel our lives before Jesus, acknowledging, acknowledging that he is in fact Lord. And we come to, the, to Jesus with respect, just like the leper who said, if you're willing, indicating that he knew Jesus was in charge and believing that Jesus could do something for him. We come to Jesus with respect, knowing that he is in charge. Like the leper, we don't demand, we ask. But we come to Jesus with confidence, just like the leper who knew Jesus could heal him and cleanse him. We come to Jesus knowing that he can forgive us and cleanse us of our sin. So what do we learn about Jesus? We want to focus our attention on how Jesus responds to this leper because it is the same way that Jesus will respond and does respond to us. So as we take a look at Jesus, we're, we're learning about the kind of Lord that in fact we are following. So what does this teach us about Jesus? First of all, Jesus cares. Number one, we learn that Jesus cares. Mark tells us that Jesus was moved with compassion, splanchinzimo, uh, towards this man. Jesus, is, Jesus sympathized with this man's horrible condition. He felt the agony of the man's isolation, distress. He grieved for what this man had lost over the years. Jesus's compassion moved him to take action and do something for this man. And throughout the Gospels, we find Jesus being moved by compassion. Every time we see this Jesus, we see Jesus doing something to help the person. Jesus 
is a compassionate Lord. Psalm 86.15 says, but you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God. Jesus cares about us more than we'll ever know. He's concerned for our life. That's, that's part of who, who he is. And when we're following Jesus, we're following a caring and loving God. As followers of Jesus, we must follow the path of compassion. We are to love our neighbors. We're to have compassion on those who are hurting, who are afraid or worried. We're told in Colossians 3.12, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, to put on compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. Instead of putting on anger, impatience, rudeness, unkindness, We can be a person who cares, who's compassionate, kind, understanding, and patient. Jesus identifies the second thing. So we learn that Jesus cares, and secondly, that he identifies. He identifies with us. Notice the first thing that Jesus did after he was moved with compassion. Mark tells us that Jesus reached out and touched him. Ever since this man had been diagnosed with leprosy, no one had touched him. Yet here, this in a moment of total vulnerability... As his face was in the dirt, begging for deliverance, Jesus reached out and healed the man with a touch. In, in the Bible, in the scriptures, a touch can mean so much more than just a touch. For example, when the people would offer up sacrifices to God, they would lay their hands on them as a way of identifying with the animal, with the symbolic act of the sins being transferred to the animal before the animal was sacrificed. When Jesus was touching this man, he was identifying with the leper. He was entering into the leper's world. Everyone who saw it thought Jesus was contaminating himself. But in reality, Jesus was symbolically passing his power to the leper. Jesus was willing to touch the leper, enter into his world, but give the leper what he could never find on his own. Jesus is willing to touch those who have been rejected and abandoned and forgotten. His compassion reaches to those who, who you see and those who we don't see. When Jesus touched this man, his touch said, I love you just like you are, and I am here to help you. As followers of Jesus, we will need to do the same. We'll, we'll have to enter the world of people, identify with their pain, And touch their lives, letting them know, I love you. I'm with you. I'm in this with you. I'm here to help. Jesus heals. So far, we learned that Jesus cares for us. He identifies with us, but he heals us. Mark tells us that when Jesus reached out and touched the man, he said, I am willing, be healed. And just like that, Mark says, instantly, immediately, the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Instantly. Euthus, the leprosy vanished. The man was healed in the ceremonial sense, and completely restored to full health in the medical understanding of the word. There was no period of recovery or rehabilitation. He, he, he had come disfigured, defiled, despicable, and was instantly transformed into a man in full health, completely cured, ready to be restored to society. And I believe the healing was perfectly complete and on a divine level. And what I mean by this is he was not only cured of leprosy, But all his disfigurement was corrected along with it. And his response indicates that he was very aware that he was healed. He he not only felt the difference, but he could see the difference in his skin, his limbs, and body. What, What I'm saying is, if this man had lost a toe due to leprosy, it was restored. If the man had lost an ear, it was restored. We're talking about divine, immediate, complete 
healing. The leper was given a brand new life in that moment. This is what Jesus does when he touches a life. He gives the person whom he touches a new life instantly. He literally makes us into new creatures by his amazing power. That's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Jesus can do this physically, but he also does this spiritually. He cleanses us from sin every day. He heals our fears, our worries, anxieties, our doubts. He gives us a new heart, new hope, a new mind, a new direction and purpose. Jesus heals. Jesus sends. We're reminded that Jesus cares for us just as we are. He identifies with our pain. He heals and cleanses us. But Jesus also sends us So look carefully at what Jesus does next. Mark tells us in verse 43, Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. We're told that Jesus sent him on his way. Jesus gave this man a mission. Jesus had changed his life and now... Jesus wants to work through his life. The same is absolutely true for us, for you and me. When Jesus saves us and does wonderful things in our lives, he's going to send us on a mission. He has a task for us. There are people who need to hear what he has done in our life. But we have to be careful here because Jesus gives this man specific instructions. Jesus gave this man a target audience. Jesus told him to do two things. He said, don't tell anybody, don't tell anyone about this. It was a stern warning. Jesus was serious about this. My guess is, is Jesus lowered his face, grabbed his attention, looked him in the eye, and clearly told him to keep this to himself. Jesus would issue warnings like this from time to time to try to keep the frenzy down as, as long as possible. He, he knew that that more miracles he, he did, the more miracles people would want. And as a result, the message of God's kingdom and eternal life can get lost. And the important thing to note is that every single miracle— Every single sign and wonder that Jesus performed throughout his ministry was intended to confirm the gospel message that he was proclaiming. They were part of his ministry, but not the main event. The primary purpose of Jesus's ministry on earth was to proclaim the gospel. Jesus said, hey, instead, go to the priest, let him examine you, take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you've been cleansed. So Jesus is telling this man, before you go and tell everyone what I've done for you, go to the priest, let him examine you according to Leviticus 14. Go through the the requirements of the Mosaic law regarding contagious skin diseases so you can be declared officially cleansed and healed. You see, this leper, there's a very practical reason for him to go to the priest and be officially pronounced cleansed and healed. No one was going to let him back into society without an official document saying that he had been healed. The procedure for this required taking two birds, killing one of them in an earthenware vessel over running water. The other bird, along with cedar wood, a scarlet string, some hyssop, was then dipped in the blood of the bird and then that had been sacrificed. The former leper was sprinkled seven times and pronounced clean by the priest, and the live bird was set free in an open field. The person was then required to wash his clothes, shave off all of his hair, including eyebrows, and bathe himself in the water. And after remaining outside of his tent for seven days, he would bring appropriate offerings to the priest on the eighth day. And then on entering, on, on 
offering the needed sacrifices, he would be anointed with oil by the priest, signifying that he was clean. Now, there's a lot of symbolism that point to Jesus in that ritual. For example, the bird that was put into a jar and sacrifice points to Jesus's incarnation and death on the cross. The the bird stained with blood and set free points to Jesus' resurrection and ascension. The, The anointing of oil on the man, on the healed man, points to the Holy Spirit. Jesus wanted him to go through the official requirements so that it would be a public testimony to the priest and those who heard about it. Any priest involved in pronouncing this former leper clean would have been confronted with the reality of Jesus' undeniable healing power. Jesus sent him away with the intent of him becoming a witness to a specific group, mainly the priest at the temple. And even though we can share our story of what God has done in our lives with everyone, the reality is God often has a specific target for us in mind. There are certain people that our story is going to connect with, so share it. Be intentional. Be strategic. Go where Jesus sends us. Jesus exchanges. Jesus cares. He identifies. He heals. He sends. And he exchanges. Jesus exchanges places with the leper and with us. Carefully, we look at Mark in in verse 45. But the man went, spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places. But people from everywhere kept coming to him. There are a couple things we, we, we need to look at here. Righteous disobedience can hinder the Lord's ministry. So what do we mean by righteous disobedience? Righteous disobedience is doing something for God that God does not want us to do. The leper was excited about what Jesus had done for him. It was a miracle. It was a life changing. However, for the leper, Jesus specifically told him to go tell the priest and get officially declared cleansed so that he could reenter society. And the leper disobeyed Jesus and went and told everyone he could find. This didn't help the ministry of Jesus. It hurt it. The leper was enthusiastic for God, but it was misdirected. Paul says something similar in Romans 10 too. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. It is possible to say the right words at the wrong time and do great damage. So we need to pray for spiritual discernment when it comes to what we say and do for the Lord. The, the right words at the right time can be used by the Lord in wonderful ways. Proverbs 15, 23 says, it is wonderful to say the right thing at the right time. Jesus and the leper have now exchanged places. It's ironic. The leper had to live outside of the towns, but Jesus could move around freely within them. And after Jesus healed the man, the man could freely live inside the town, but Jesus had to remain outside. It's like they changed places. Mark says, Jesus couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. Some see this as a hint of what's to come for Jesus. Jesus exchanges places for the lepers of the world. Jesus exchanges places for, for people like me, the sinners of this world. Instead of us going to the cross, Jesus goes to the cross. Instead of us dying for our sins, Jesus dies for our sins. Jesus cares about us. He loves us. He has a plan for our life. And part of that that plan includes him touching our life and cleansing us of sin. All we need to do is call out to him. Let Jesus do what only he can do. We're forgiven. And then 
Let's do what Jesus tells us to do. Because friends, we have a purpose. Amen. And God bless.